The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garam Perra columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. One of the standout features of the ASX gold space in recent times has been the success enjoyed by explorers looking to revive old and forgotten high-grade gold fields in WA. Bellevue, Egan Street, Spectrum are all names that we are familiar with on that basis. Today's interest though is on which field or who might be next. That brings us to the historic Menzies gold field about 130 kilometres north of Kalgoorlie on the Goldfields Highway towards Leonora. It has a history stretching back to the 1890s. Up until the Second World War, its underground mines with grades of 16 to 32 grams a tonne, or half an ounce to an ounce if you prefer, produced 650,000 ounces at 22.5 grams a tonne. Open pit mining was to follow in the 1990s with production of about 145 ounces at a still impressive grade for open pits at any rate of 2.6 grams a tonne. The collapse in gold prices in the 90s to less than $400 an ounce brought that to an end though. So here we are in 2020 with the gold price now 16.50 US an ounce and it's game on back at Old Menzies where the gold field is split in half by the highway. Today we're talking with King West Resources which controls the western side of the gold field. It's trading at 17.5 cents under the code KWR or Kilo Whiskey Romeo, to be sure. Ed Turner is the company's CEO, and he joins us today. So I'm going to say good day to Ed today and welcome him to the podcast and thank him for his time today. Good day, Ed. Good day, Barry. It's good to be here. Okay, Ed, uh, tell us a bit about yourself and your excitement levels around the Menzies Gold Project. Well, I'm a geologist by profession. I've um, been mostly in exploration uh, around the world over the last 32 years, largely focused on gold, but I've also had experience in base metals and uranium and nickel. I've also worked in uh, South America, in Brazil, uh, several countries in Africa and Eastern Europe. Um, we, we just acquired the uh, Menzies Gold Project last September and uh, what is really attractive about it and what gets me excited is that the very high-grade uh, mineralisation historically, but uh, also even in our uh, drilling that we've completed to date late last year, we proved that, that there's a lot of high-grade mineralisation remaining. And also recently from um, uh, archival data, which we acquired from the Mines Department, uh, we proved that there's very high-grade mineralisation remaining at the lower levels of several of the underground mines. So we believe there's a lot more gold left in the ground and uh, we're just about to start a large drilling program to to prove extensions to those um, those known deposits and also to explore for new deposits because mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been very under-drilled uh, uh, compared to many of the um, uh, other similar locations in the eastern gold fields. Okay. So it's a bit intriguing, I guess. The gold price has been coming at us for a while now. Well, why was Menzies overlooked for so long? Was it was it just a function of the gold price or were there other factors at play? 
Yeah, good question. It's a combination of factors, I think. Uh, people haven't had it as a consolidated project at the right time, uh, largely when the gold price has been high like now. Uh, we do have the best part of the Menzies gold, uh, gold fields tied up in our, our tenements, but it hasn't really had the uh, concentrated uh, exploration and drilling in particular, deeper drilling, uh, by our former companies when the gold price uh, has been high. Mm. So nothing since the 1990s, essentially? No, the exploration in the last 20 years has been largely um, piecemeal by different companies and um, it hasn't had a really concerted effort. So it hasn't had the attention it deserves, like a Bellevue. Um, mm. And you, you mentioned um, Egan Street and also Spectrum with uh, Penny West. Um, these opportunities are rare, but they do still exist. Now, obviously, I understand the key focus is on proving up high-grade uh, underground gold uh, mineralisation, but the company recently released an upgraded near-surface resource position of uh, about 208,000 ounces, I think it was. Where does that fit into the strategy? Yeah, well, we're aware that there is um, some significant uh, near-surface resources and we, we will be adding to those during the year um, in the short term as well. It, it's not part of our main focus, but we do believe that we can... Um, make some good money out of doing some sort of um, third-party uh, profit share arrangement with another company. They can come in and take the, the mining risk and we don't have to gear up to become a, a, a miner in the short term. So if we can uh, do some deals on, there's five or six of these deposits which are poten potentially economic, um, either from surface or from cutbacks around existing pits, uh, we could be basically commercialising those those um, deposits and that will help fund our uh, drilling for those deeper, higher grade, higher margin uh, deposits at the same time. Right. So given its location, there's obviously plenty of uh, third-party treatment plants in the in the region? Yeah, that's right. And it's still fairly high grade by uh, the near-surface mineralisation, you know, plus two grams per tonne. That can still truck a reasonable distance. So... Um, there's five or six yeah, processing facilities within trucking distance. Okay, the uh, company recently pulled in 3.5 million from the issue of 21 million shares at 16.5 cents to kick off a RC and diamond drilling program. Uh, can you fill us in on some of the details around that program? What are the targets, uh, likely flow of results from the drilling program, etc.? Yeah, sure. Um, I've currently planned about 12,000 metres of drilling, so there'll be about... Uh, 5,000 metres of RC drilling uh, into the known uh, deposits like uh, Lady Shetton and, and Yandaga, as well as extensions, deeper extensions to those, and that will be backed up by 4,000 4, metres of diamond core drilling. So depending on the depth and, and the location, decide whether it's uh, RC or, or diamond core drilling. Uh, there's a number of other deposits as well uh, within the first hit system as, as well. And I've uh, got 3,000 metres of uh, RC dedicated towards uh, drilling for new targets. So our detailed aeromagnetic survey late last year has shown some very good uh, structural settings in between these known high-grade um, historic producers that haven't really been drilled effectively. So I'm planning some uh, some drilling of those targets. It's it's quite a lot of space in between, and we know that the the ge geological conditions and the, the units continue between the deposits. And we've just got to find the right structural uh, traps in between the, uh, the known deposits. So that will take care of the, uh, the, the next four months' worth of drilling, but uh, we'll have a lot more left in the budget for doing more detailed 
uh, resource definition drilling in the second half of the year as well. Mm. Now, we often hear uh, how difficult it can be for juniors to raise money for exploration programs. How did you find it with your $3.5 million raising? Uh, it, was, it was very positive, actually. We could have raised more, but we thought this would be uh, enough money for the time being at the, the, uh, the current share price. We expect that later in the year, if we or next year, if we want to raise more, we'll be hope, hopefully doing it at a much higher share price and therefore you know, less dilution for the existing shareholders. But there's a lot of interest in Perth and, and particularly Sydney and, and Melbourne, so we were very happy uh, to raise that amount of money. Now, something that always interests me is uh, leverage to the upside. What's uh, post this issue? What's uh, the rough market cap? Uh, it's approximately twenty million right now. So only one hundred and twenty million shares on on uh, issue. So yeah, there's a lot of leverage to success. In that tight uh, issued capital basis, that's a function of what not being around all that long. I, I take it. Uh, yeah, we're only uh, a year and a half old. Uh, Kim was listed on some other assets around Leonora. Yeah, we're a young company, so. Yeah, very tight capital structure at present. Okay. And the pace of the program, when can investors expect to uh, see a flow of uh, initial results? Well, we'll be drilling any time uh, soon. We would have been drilling uh, by now, but there's a bit of rain around up at uh, Mansi's right now. So we'll be drilling within the week and then we'll be constant news flow from, uh, say, about three weeks from now through to the end of the program. Is it possible to say at this stage what uh, the first up target will be? Lady Shetton's the highest priority target, but we will be starting off with RC drilling, so we will be mm. drilling some of, the, some of the other deposits first and then drilling uh, pre-collars for the Diamond Core. So the Lady Shetton um, target is uh, largely Diamond Core drilling, so we'll have to wait a little bit of time for that. But but all of the mm. targets uh, are, are good from my point of view, so uh, it doesn't really matter which order we drill them in. No, sure. And... Although Lady Shetton's been mentioned as the high priority, what's the history there? Uh, Lady Shetton, that produced about 190,000 ounces at 32 grams per tonne uh, from underground yeah, before about 1936. Uh, that went down to 220 vertical metres. Uh, the open-cut mining in the, in the 90s also um, produced more from a, a you know, near surface. The attraction there is it's a very strong uh, system like Yondaga, which Yondaga went down to uh, 600 vertical metres. So we believe that uh, Lady Shetton has the, uh, the potential to extend down as deep as Yondaga as well. So uh, we could double or triple the historic production there. Now we, we know where the high-grade shoot is, uh, proven by our drilling last year and also the underground sampling I mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, what's the condition of the, the old workings? Are they accessible? We don't believe they'll be accessible. We haven't we haven't tried because they have been uh, flooded for uh, since about the Second World War. Mm. Uh, we we were looking at I mean part of that strategy with uh, uh, using third parties to uh, come in and mine the near surface mineralisation that might involve a cutback of Lady Shenton and uh, Yandega. That would give us uh, better access for putting in a decline uh, in the future for for the high grade underground. So. And uh, we get a nice clean, clean face rather than try to rehabilitate the old shows. Now, I think you've got four or five uh, key targets in this current program, but I was just wondering if you take an overview of uh, your ground position, what sort of uh, strike do you have on that side of the highway? And uh, historically, I, I gather there would have been uh, hundreds of potential uh, gold scratchings in the past. Well, actually, historically, um, there's a 
uh, the Mines Department recorded five and a half thousand historic workings within our uh, within our tenements. Now a lot of those are shallow, you know, scratchings and, and that, but they they didn't dig it, you know, dig it up unless there was gold there. They didn't dig for fun. So uh, you can see the lines of those workings going for kilometres and kilometres. So they uh, they give us a, a target. We just have to find the high grade shoots within there. Um, now we've expanded our land position to over sixteen uh, continuous kilometres. Because uh, we had the Lady Irene uh, block five kilometres, sort of uh, outside the main block north of North Menzies, and we've pegged the ground in between there. So yeah, over over sixteen kilometres of strike length now, and the the main mineralised corridor, uh, the Menzies mineralised corridor in the middle, is over one kilometre wide. So there are a lot of targets, and uh, the the challenge is to try and prioritise uh, where to drill because we will find gold in. <laughs> Hundreds of locations, but uh, just finding out where it's concentrated in economic amounts is uh, the challenge for our geological team. Right. Now, for those who haven't been to Menzies, uh, can you just fill us in on what sort of infrastructure base that provides for the exploration effort? Uh, it's only a small town, but uh, importantly, there is a pub there and um, <laughs> a post office. And uh, because it's on the highway for Cal, we've got a railway line running through there, power and water. Uh, we, we have everything. We have a, a house there as our base. So we have everything we need. It's, it's very easy compared to most places I've explored from, from in, in Western Australia. Mm. The uh, pub, what's the name of the pub? Just the Menzies pub or is it? Yeah, just the Menzies Hotel, yeah. Because uh, one, one thing I noticed about the lot of uh, exotic-sounding names around the prospects and projects in, in the area. Um, so... I take it back in the 1890s, there was a bit of a rush there and everyone had their own idea of how to name these uh, their operations. Yeah, there was a lot of different owners of uh, individual mines initially, so I, I'm not fully across all of the history, but, uh, yeah, there was a big rush from about, from about 1895 and uh, a lot of the, uh, the the gold that was produced was actually produced in the first um, 10 years where it was, you know, sticking out of the ground was very easy to, uh, to, to find and got harder after that. Did they uh, all then head off to what might have been greener pastures at the time down in Kalgoorlie or Leonora, or what was the reason? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Uh, yeah, some of it, um, it would have been getting, getting too deep for them. Uh, the grade was still there, but, you know, they needed a very high-grade underground in, in those days to make it um, economical. So it was often on after the, about 1910 these mines are mined off and on until about the Second World War. Then I think the gold price just just killed it and lack of uh, manpower. Mm. As I mentioned earlier, here we are with uh, two and a half thousand plus Aussie dollar gold price. Uh, what's that mean for the project? Do you think? Oh well, it's huge. Um, we think we can mine underground for about four uh, four or five grams per ton economically. That's uh, you know over the minimum mining width. So if we're proving 15 to 20 grams per tonne um, resources, well, then there's a, a very high high margin there. Uh, once you pay back your capital expenses, uh, you can make a, a lot of money on a relatively small amount of um, tonnes. Mm. The, uh, the market caps, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, leverage there to the upside. Uh, what will it take, you think, to get uh, the market cap moving? Well, we have to prove up these resources. We, we know the gold's there, so we have to go through that process of, um, you know, proving up uh, 200, 300, 400,000 ounces of, at, you know, 15 grams per tonne or something like a something mm. like a petty rest that Spectrum has. Then mm. I think we'll, we'll get, get re-rated definitely uh, uh, from that. Mm. 
Well, um, Spectrum, now the subject of a agreed bid by Remelius, and I think that bid valued them at uh, more than $200 million. So it's worth the effort to revive these old gold fields, isn't it? Uh, it certainly is. And, you know, that's very exciting. When we, I discovered there was only 20 drill holes deeper than 200 vertical metres over that entire 15 uh, kilometres of strike. I was absolutely gobsmacked. Um, typically, there'd be you know several hundred uh, holes testing for the, the, the continuations to this no mineralisation. So there's uh, there's a lot of upside. That's for sure. Right. Okay. Then. So uh, just as to wrap things up a bit, investors should be looking out uh, in the next uh, couple of months for first assay results, and obviously, depending on um, the results, the, um, onwards and upwards potentially for the company. Yeah, exactly. We'll uh, we'll start uh, releasing results in three to four weeks, and um, we should finish this uh, round of drilling about May, and then we might might uh, take a break then to reassess everything and decide where to focus the, the drilling in the second half of the year, or we may just continue on. But uh, no, there should be a regular news flow from about three weeks' time. Right, and just to uh, double check, the three and a half million recent raising that means you're fully funded for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's correct. We, we've got over a million in the bank before that, so uh, yeah, we have plus four million, and um, I'd be happy to spend three of that just on drilling. But uh, we, we'll, we'll see, and that will keep us getting uh, going right through to Christmas. Okay then. Well, thanks for that, Ed. Exciting times for the company in the coming weeks and the months. So all the best with it, and thanks for your time today. Thanks a lot. Bro.